and uh, before that I would want us to bow down our heads in prayer Heavenly Father I praise your name I glorify your name for yet another day another time to be here such a time as this what a message that is in need for for your people in such a time as this and I pray God that you would touch my tongue put the words in my mouth grant to me utterance that I may speak as an oracle of God as one whom you have given authority to share your word I pray that the word will go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit, not according to traditions of men, not according to philosophies, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray that light and understanding will be given to your people, that as they hear the word, that they would embrace it with all their hearts. May this word impart to your people grace, let the word impart to your people life. That even by the power of the word, that they may be renewed in their spirit. That the steadfast spirit will be renewed within them. And that they may rise up to be and to do what you, O God, have called them to be and to do. I bless your name. Let your power be present in this place. To fulfill and to accomplish your purpose tonight to the glory of our blessed lord and savior jesus christ amen um, as i said today is another beautiful day and god has given to us his glorious word to be shared and uh, the word that god wants me to share with you as this the blessedness of endurance the blessedness of endurance and again the blessedness of endurance now i want to say that the the making of a christian is progressive no christian attains to perfection overnight no Christian attains to glory overnight. No Christian attains to maturity overnight. Uh, when we take a look at a ladder, every step that you mount places you at a level. Now the reality of the Christian life is that God has placed each of us at the particular level. I call it the, the level of salvation. It is the first step of the spiritual ladder, which is called salvation by faith. But in as much as we have been placed on this level, this step, the first step, which is salvation by faith. It is very needful that we um, endeavor to climb up ladder, to climb up to the top. 
That is the will of God for us. That we must pursue perfection. That we must um, strive to obtain that high calling of the Lord. We must endeavor to mature to the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must endeavor to get to the place where we shall um, walk in the presence of the Lord. We would attain to the glory that is in Christ Jesus. That is the will of, of God for the Christians. You know, it is, we don't attain to perfection overnight. We, anything that, every promise of God given to us, it is to be strived, contended, it must be wrestled for. So there's no such thing as the very day that I became a Christian, um, everything just, you know, became so smooth for me, trouble-free, worry-free. No, um, every promise of God must be contended for. You know that when you are climbing up a ladder, you have one aim and that one aim is to get to the top of the ladder. And sometimes when you begin the first step and you lift up your eyes and you actually look at the top, sometimes fear creeps into your thought. The fear of falling. What if I fall from the ladder? It, it, that is the reality. It's a normal thing. It happens to especially people who are afraid of heights. But uh, the fact that this fear creeps into the, the mind that does not, you know, cause you to quit. You won't quit. You don't quit because of that fear. But you still strive to get to the top. And, and that is what endurance is all about. You know, endurance is to bear bravely and calmly in the midst of misfortunes or unlikely situations. And I say again, endurance is to bear bravely and calmly in the midst of misfortunes or unlikely situations. And now this is what the Lord would want us to speak um, about. You know, there are times that when a believer goes down to his knees, he begins to cry to God. And sometimes on our knees, we tell God, God, this is not what you promised us. You promised us victory through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You told us that we in Christ have overcome the word and the devil. But now it doesn't seem like we are leaving the promises. Sometimes that is the reality. That is the the, the kind of uh, questions and, 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 and um, cries when we come before God, when we feel like we are not living the promises of God. Because the promises of God uh, is, you know, the, the God, God's promises are, are void of, of, of problems. You know, God doesn't promise you um, uh, a life of, of stagnation, a life of retrogression. You know, it doesn't promise you, you know, sicknesses and stuff like that. 
all the promises of God are so wonderful, full of life and full of light and full of blessing. You see, and so sometimes when we begin to face these circumstances, these situations, unlikely situations, we are tempted to ask God the whys. You know, that is because uh, most of us have not really come to, um, to know the ways of God. I mean, the spiritually um, revealed ways of, of God as is biblically revealed to us. And so we go before God and we ask God all these questions. But one thing that we should know is that when we are asking God all these questions that why is it that God says that we have received, obtained um, all this victory through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and yet yet we still face um, problems, situations, battles here and there. You know when, when you look at, at the cross, the cross has two bars. One is horizontal, the other is vertical. I, I see one, one bar as endurance and the other as joy. You know, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 is our opening test tonight. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. It says that looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of our faith. Now when you continue to read that particular text, the text which I just read to you, it continues um, to say in the, as in when you proceed downwards, it says that who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so on the cross, here is the revelation. That on one side is endurance. On the other side is joy. And it says that Jesus Christ attained to the place of glory. Because he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And by reason of that endurance, he obtained the joy. He received the glory, the end glory, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And this is the parting that our Lord Jesus, for the Bible says that he is the altar. In other words, he is the parting for us. He began the faith race and he finished the race triumphantly. The altar and the finisher of our faith. So he has become our model. He has become our mentor. Christ is our perfect example. We look to him. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. That just as the Lord endured, and by reason of that endurance, he received the glory. He obtained the joy. So we who have been called to the life of Christianity, who have been called to bear our cross and follow after Jesus, we must also bravely endure, courageously endure. Be it whatever it is 
misfortunes, unlikely situations, we must endure. If we would ever attain to the place of glory, if we would ever grow into the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must have that spirit of endurance. Hallelujah. And that is the word of the Lord to us. So by revelation, we know that the benefits of the cross, the promises of the cross are received through endurance. That is holding fast to the joy, holding fast to the promise, holding fast to the benefits against all odds. And I say again, holding fast to the word, holding fast to the promises, holding fast to Christ Jesus, holding fast to what the Lord has said against all odds. Now, when I take endurance, I see the first three words, end. The first three words that begins when you are spelling endurance is E-N-D, which is end. Then I see in the remaining six letters um, a word which sounds like orans. Now I look into this word, I can get the word race. And so I see two words formed out of the words endurance, the word endurance. And these words are end, E-N-D, end race, which gives me the perfect definition of endurance. Now I define endurance to mean looking to the end of the race against resistance. And I say again, looking to the end of the race against resistance. And so though there may be resistance, there may be oppositions, there will be trials, but you are looking to the end of the race. The crown that is promised at the end of the race. The joy that is promised at the end of the race. And that is endurance. It is the spirit that um, brings into the life of the Christian every blessing and every glory, every honor that you can ever think of. Now we will go into the scriptures and you would come to understand that all the vessels, the instruments that God was able to use to affect the world, to transform nations, to bring into light even those who were um, imprisoned and in captivity, were men and women who had that spirit of endurance. They were able to bravely bear all things, whether good or bad. In times of darkness and in times of light, in times of sorrows and in times of dancing, men and women who were able to endure for the sake of God, the sake of the Lord Jesus. And the end was the glory which they obtained, the honor which they received. Now there are, there are three main um, let me say three main um, virtues that go along with endurance. You can call it three main, uh, well, siblings. All, you know, the endurance is, is a one word, but 
You cannot take these three out of endurance. These three make endurance what it is. And these three virtues are courage, two, patience, and three, prayer. Endurance, endurance through courage, endurance through patience, and endurance through prayer. Now these three are what I would speak of and what you as a Christian need to possess, need to have. Without these three, there cannot be endurance. Endurance always go along with these three virtues, courage, patience, and prayer. Now, the, when I pick courage, for instance, you know, courage is one of the virtues that every Christian needs to possess. Because the Christian is an apologetic. When I use the word apologetic, it means that a Christian is one who defends the faith. And if you as a Christian uh, would be able to defend the faith, the Christian faith, if you can walk the walk of our Lord Jesus Christ and speak the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, amidst uh, um, a word that is corrupted, a word that is, um, uh, if, if I may say, defiled by wickedness and, 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 and filth and sins and all kinds of evil, then you must understand that there would always be resistance oppositions in your walk, in your way. And that is what makes Christianity Christianity. Because our honor, our glory is measured according to what we endure for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now when we take courage, for instance, in the scriptures, I do not know of anyone who was able to receive from God who did not have this virtue called courage. Here is Jesus, for instance. Jesus is walking in the streets of Jericho. And when you read Mark chapter 10, verse 46, that is where I am speaking from. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And Jesus is walking in the streets of Jericho. Um, and uh, it happens that while the Lord is walking in the streets of Jericho, there is a man who is blind. This blind man is called Bartimaeus. And the word Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. And this blind man was begging in the streets because as yet he had not um, encountered the Lord Jesus. And so often he would uh, sit in the midst of the streets and would be begging for money. He would be asking for arms. But when this blind man called Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing his way he began to cry out unto the Lord Jesus and this is what the man um, said when he heard that the Lord Jesus was passing by even the Lord Jesus whom God has had anointed to open the eyes of the blind and to set the captive free and when the man heard he kept saying that son of man have mercy on me son of man sorry son of david have mercy on me now you see that what this blind man was looking at was the promise that is fulfilled in christ 
that Jesus was made manifest, anointed of God to open the eyes of the blind. Perhaps this man might have heard of the many various miracles, notable miracles that the Lord Jesus was, was doing all across um, Galilee, Capernaum, and all the surrounding um, um, cities. And so when this man heard, he began to cry out, looking at the end of the promise, looking uh, at the joy that is set before him in Christ Jesus. And he kept on saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. You may be listening to my voice tonight. And it may be that having come to Christ Jesus and having heard about all that the Lord Jesus is able to do as the Savior, as the healer, as the deliverer, you go down your knees and daily you lift up your voice and you call on the name of the Lord, but nothing is happening. Nothing is happening, as a matter of fact. Now I want to tell you that do not quit. Do not lose your faith. Persist in endurance. Persist in endurance through courage. Now, when this blind man began to call on the name of the Lord Jesus to ask for mercy for the opening of his blind eye, something happened. For the Bible says that as this man kept on shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people, the crowd, turned unto this blind man and they warned him to be quiet. That is the resistance. That is the opposition that always comes in the way of the Christian. The very moment that you be, begin to claim the promises of God, the very moment that you begin to contend for what is rightfully yours in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that the promises are yea and amen in Christ. The very time that Christians we begin to call, or one by revelations begin to call upon the name of the Lord, even to claim a deliverance, to claim healing, to claim salvation, there would always rise against that one what we call opposition or resistance. And that is the crowd that we are seeing here. For the crowd rose up and they warned the man, and they said to the man to be silent, to be quiet. What were they trying to do? In other words, they were telling him, you are wasting your time. In other words, they were telling him, what makes you think that you can receive from him? Look at all the peoples that are surrounding you. Even those whose eyes are, are open, they are not blind. They are walking, they are strong, they are vibrant, following Jesus. They have not even received yet. What makes you think that you blind can receive from him? And sometimes that is how it is. You look around yourself. You see people who are, um, they are going to church. They are doing something wonderful in the church. The people who are on, on fire for God. I am not saying that that is a bad thing. But what I'm saying is that when you look in the church, 
you see religion. See many people who are very religious. Now I am not talking about um, people who have the spirit of God. And I'm talking about, I'm limiting it to religion. Some people are very religious. They are fasting. They are praying five times a day. They are doing all these things. And sometimes you look at yourself and you undermine yourself because when you look at these people, you feel that if these people, irrespective of their the, the many times that they are fasting, the, the many times that they are praying, I have not even received. What makes me think, oh, oh, what, 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 why should I think that I can receive from the Lord? And sometimes that is the spirit that comes even to quench the courage, quench the faith that we have. But there's something that defines Bartimaeus. The Bible says that this man was not perturbed by the, the warnings of the crowd. He was not perturbed by the resistance that rose against him. He was not perturbed by the opposition that rose against him. For the Bible says that this man kept on looking unto Jesus of Nazareth. He kept on looking and calling upon him. Son of man, have mercy on me. He did it with all braveness. He did it with all courage. He did it with all fortitude until the Son of God stood still. For the voice of that blind man echoed in his ears. And the Bible says that the Lord Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Endurance says yes to God when all others are saying no. Endurance never gives up. Because endurance is always operating with courage. The two always go together. And to have courage is to pursue a particular purpose without fear. You are not afraid. You are not mindful of what others are saying. And that is courage. Because you, your aim is set on one thing. And that one thing is what you want to get. And that is the spirit of Christianity. If you are going to endure and to attain to the place of glory. If you are going to receive the joy at the end. Then you must have the spirit of courage. Endurance through courage. You must be brave. There must come a time that you should be able to turn, to turn and look at the crowd and, and say to them, I am not moved by what you are saying. I am not perturbed by your words of discouragement. For I am only looking to the Lord Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And by reason of that, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. And that is the spirit of a true Christian. And that is what brought this man, Bartimius, to the place of emancipation, to the place of liberty. For when the Lord Jesus called him, the Lord God placed before him, what do you want me to do for you? And the man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said, go your way, for your faith has made you well. And the Bible says that immediately the man received his sight.
Immediately the man received his sight. It reminds me of the story of a man who was called Nehemiah, one of the, the greatest men that God used in the Bible under the Old Covenant. And when the Lord laid upon his heart to, to raise up the walls of uh, um, Jerusalem, and it happened that while this man embarked on that heavenly vision to raise up that, the, the wall of um, Jerusalem, there was um, Sambalat and Tobiah rose against him and to quench that courage, to quench that eagerness to do something for God. And the, the, these people were doing uh, all possible means to, to just cause him to, to, to just stop, to quit. But the man said one thing that it, it always marvels me, would such a man as I, would such a man as I run or flee? In other words, he, he was not even moved by, by, by their threatenings. He was not moved by their, their warnings. And, and this is the parting that God has set for us. The way of the cross is endurance. It always begins with endurance. You must be able to endure amidst all persecutions, amidst all oppositions, amidst all resistance. For the sake of one thing, for the sake of the name of Christ. For the sake of the word of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the truth, for the sake of the faith. And that is the faith that this man, Bartimaeus, the very moment that he met Christ, he demonstrated. Now you claim that you know Christ. How well do you defend the faith? Do you easily cast yourself to the ground and just say that I quit because you feel that all problems are risen against you. There is never a Christian who does not know trials. But I always tell people that trials uh, is our refinery. You know, gold is made pure. is known to be pure. When it is purified, it goes through the fire. And it is the same in a Christian life. After endurance, after passing through that temporal situation, what we call trials, we are changed to the very image of Christ. We are transformed. There is always a, a blessing at the tail end of the battle when we come out triumphantly. And that is one thing that you must keep in mind. That it is always endurance. As Jesus endured for the sake of the joy. If you are pursuing joy, keep in mind that you need a spirit of endurance. For there is no joy without endurance. There is no blessing without endurance. There is no fulfillment of a promise without endurance. And endurance operates with what we call courage. Now the second thing that I want to make mention of is patience. Endurance through patience. Those that God intends to use. He takes them through the school of patience. Abraham, get out of your country and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Now, Abraham, I believe, might have thought that this was to be fulfilled overnight. overnight. This promise was to be fulfilled overnight. 
But do you know that when this promise came to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old when the promise was given. Day and night, Abraham kept looking to the promise. For the sake of the joy that was set before him, Abraham kept looking. Abraham kept enduring through patience. Till after 25 years, when he was about 100 years of age, that was when the promise was finally fulfilled. And you shall all, the families of the earth, be blessed. And that was when the seed, Isaac, the promised child, was given him. And all that the other promises began to be fulfilled. Now do we say that God made a mistake? No. The Bible says that a day is as thousand years in his sight. A thousand years as a day in his sight. In other words, God deals with us according to his timing. He makes all things beautiful in his time. That is the wisdom of God. He tells you that this is what I am going to do in your life. But he never reveals to you the exact time. And he does that just so he will try your faith. He will test your faith. He does that just so he will take you through the school of patience. Because I do not know of anyone that God was able to use who did not go through the school of patience. Because patience, as a matter of fact, begets um, experiences and, and, and it builds character. It refines us. It makes us complete and perfect for God to use. When God called Moses, Moses was about 40 years of old. When God actually began to deal with Moses. But after 40, extra 40 years... Moses became that Moses that we know, the meekest among all the other uh, people on earth. That is the testimony of the word of God. He was the humblest of all the people who were on the face of the earth. But in the beginning, we did not see that character inside of Moses. But after he had gone through the, the, the school of patience, he became that man that God was able to use, even to bring his people from slavery even to the very end of the journey, the promised land. And that is the beauty of endurance through patience. And if, if in anything, that is what we should be asking and praying for. Endurance through patience. To be able to wait on God. To be able to sit still. And wait for the perfect times of the timing of our Lord Jesus Christ. For that would yield to you blessings uncountable. Now, when you take another person, for instance, Joseph, God revealed a dream to this youth, this young man, Joseph. That this young man would be the head 
of his family. And I believe that little Joseph, after he woke up from that dream, he was expecting that this dream would be fulfilled in no time. He was expecting to see God because he believed. God begin to do what he has revealed to him. But instead of becoming that head according to his own timing, what did we see? Here was he cast into the pit and from the pit into Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house into the prison. All this time, God was working to make him that ruler, that governor that he wanted him to be. For through that school of patience, this young man learned what it is to rule a people. He learned what it is to sit in the seat of princes and kings. And I say again, God never makes a mistake. And do you not let it ever cross your mind that God has delayed. He, he never delays. See, he is working, but God works slowly, but surely. It may seem to you that he is he's slow. Sometimes we use the word long-suffering. That is how it is. God always seeks the best in us. He always seeks to receive the glory at the end of what he has begun to do. And in the midst of all these things, and when we look at the story of Joseph, and sometimes we are asking, what why is it needful for God to allow his people to go through all these things? You always come to understand when the story finally ends. Because when we look even to the story of Joseph, especially in Psalm 105, there it is revealed in the word of God concerning the man Joseph. Because it says that Psalm 105, one of my, you know, the scriptures that I, I, I take inspiration from, Psalm 105, verse um, 19. It says that until the word, until the time that God's word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord tested what? Joseph. Until the time that the word came to pass, Joseph was being tested. It was tested by what? The word of God, the dream that he had, the promise that was revealed, that heavenly vision. He was tested. Would he be able to endure? Would he be patient enough? God was testing him, testing his faith. But blessed be God that this young man, he was patient and he would not sell the truth. He would not sell his integrity and his, his virtues for, for material things. Even in the time that Potiphar's wife offered to, to, to give herself to him, um, probably 
to receive some sort of, you know, temporal material things. But this man said that I cannot sin against my God for I fear, I fear him. He feared the God that he said. You see, he was patient. Though the, the journey was not, it was not rosy. You see, what he was going through was, was, was difficult in the physical sense. You know, when the fate is tried and tested, and when he is sold into a foreign land, he does not know anyone. He is, there's no family. There's no friend. You know, in, in, a, in, in no man's land. But this man was patient. For though rejected by family, he knew that his God had not rejected him. The word of God says that until the word was finally fulfilled, God's word tested him. But I so love the verse 20. It says that the king sent and released him when the time was finally fulfilled. After he gone through the school of patience and successfully completed the school of patience, he graduated. And the Bible says that the king called and released him. He sent and released him. And the Bible says that the ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house. And ruler of all his possession. To bind his princes. His princes at his pleasure. And teach his elders wisdom. This is a man. From nowhere. The Bible says that when the time was fulfilled. God made him a ruler. That he, Joseph, should even impart wisdom to the people of Egypt. Before then, you know, Egypt's history was known to be one of the um, ancient countries that um, where civilization started. You know, they were known to be very wise. You would look at the story of Moses, the, the wise man of, of, of Pharaoh, and the magicians, the astrologers. You see, they believed it, that is physical, carnal wisdom. They had it. But then was this Joseph, they, they saw something unique, an excellent spirit. Wisdom from above, that, that is beyond what they called wisdom. And so the king, by reason of those spiritual virtues, made him a ruler. The Bible said that ye shall be the head and not the tail. And that is where God always wants to bring his people. He made him a ruler and a teacher of his people. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And this was when Joseph patiently went through the school of patience and graduated. And that is what God is saying to us this evening. That we must bear. We must have patience. They that wait on the Lord. Shall renew their strength. That is what we call patience. Waiting on the timings of God. Though the word of the Lord. May be contended with. There would always be. Um, resistance and oppositions. In the case of Joseph. You know from the brothers, 
You know when he ended up in, in, in Potiphar's house. The temptation that came his way. Sin was knocking at the door of his heart. But this man would not let in, in sin. He would not let in fornication. Why? Because he was looking at the end. For the sake of the joy that was set. That he would be a ruler. That he would be the head. He was looking at the end. That heavenly vision. And for that reason he endured. He endured those persecutions. He endured those um, resistances and oppositions that rose against him. God is faithful. And after he had done this, the Bible says that he obtained the promise. And he was made the head. The governor in the land of Egypt. A foreign country. And the third virtue that we find within endurance is prayer enduring through prayer or endurance through prayer not every joy set before us in Christ is appropriated by prayer and I say again every joy every blessing every glory is appropriated through prayer if God gives to you a rima, if God reveals to you a prophetic word, if you come to the knowledge of God's word, the Holy Bible, and the particular scriptures revealed to you, personally to you, these promises are always appropriated by prayer. I have never known any Christian who is of course void of the spirit of prayer except of course that christian had backsliding or he backslide i i do not know of anyone for if you are a true christian genuine christian the spirit of prayer is what will give you the victory and i say that every promise of god must be contended Fall by prayer. Now in First Kings chapter 18 is a story of a prophet called um, Elijah. And uh, by the word of Elijah, God shut up the windows of, he um, of, of heaven. So that it, it did not rain for three years and six months. And uh, the word of the Lord came to this man that there was going to be rain. And when... The this prophet called Ahab and he said to him that I hear the sound of a mighty rain. In other words, he envisioned, he saw the end, that this was what was going to happen. But this is what God has made known unto him. But the Bible says that when this man made that prophetic word to Ahab he went on his knees and the Bible says that he put his face between his knees that is to mean that he began to pray and when this man finished praying he sent his servant to go up and then look into the skies if there is any sign that there is coming a rain 
Here the servant came back according to first Kings chapter um, 18, 41 through to 44. The servant came back with a message to Elijah and said to Elijah, there is nothing. Now here is a promise. It is going to rain. For the first time, Elijah had prayed. Nothing happened. But when you look at that scripture, the Bible does not say that then Elijah quit. For the Bible says that seven times uh, the prophet went down his knees and began to make intercession, to make petitions, supplications unto his God. The same God who answered by fire, the same is he who is able to open the windows of heaven and to give down, to, to cause his rain to fall upon the land of Israel. Seven times he prayed. He prayed until something happened. He prayed until a sign was given him in heaven. For the word of the Lord says that after the seventh time, when the servant went, there it was in the cloud, a sign as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And that was the fulfillment of that promise. You see, if you are able to be what God has called you to be in this Christian walk, if you are able to live the purpose of God, even revealed to you, you must be a man of prayer. And this is what I call persistence prayer. Endurance through prayer. And uh, as I said, endurance is not just overnight. Endurance never quits. It, it never gives up. And so when you are enduring through prayer, it, it means that you don't give up. Just because there is no sign that, that the word of God would be fulfilled. You know, you are not looking at the physical things. You know, because the physical environment would try to intimidate you. We tell you that there is no sign. That God will do what he has said. But prayer is all that you need. Because that is where the battle is fought. That is where we contend for what God has said. Before the throne of grace. And before the mercy seat. That is where we, we lift up our voice to the Father in the name of Jesus. And that is where our prayers are answered. Seven times the, the prophet prayed. Until a sign was given. And that was the beginning of the fall of the mighty rain that God promised. And it is to tell you that that rain, that showers of blessing and of glory that God has promised you is unlocked by your prayer. Persistently persevering till the prayer is answered as is revealed in the word of God. For a lazy Christian is a barren Christian. But a prayerful Christian is a fruitful Christian. It shall be like the palm tree. It shall be like the tree that is planted by the rivers of water. His leaves are evergreen. Even in the midst of farming, 
he shall know no hunger. In the midst of test, he shall not know any test. For so the Lord will bless him, and so the Lord will make his soul as a well-watered garden. Because prayer always releases the blessing of God when it is pursued in the spirit of holiness, in the spirit of purity, in the spirit of faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so I bring my message to an end today, having dealt with the three virtues and the endurance, courage, patience, and prayer. For that is all that you need. When, if you are to ever receive the blessing and the promises of God. May God bless you tonight for opening your hearts to hear the word of God. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for edifying us with your word, granting us grace to heed your word. And may you help us to be able to live this life of endurance through courage and through patience and through prayer. Even so, may you help us that we may live the life that you want us to live. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. And so while I end here, the line is always the same. If there is any word that you want to share with me, you can always send a message through the line 0558 Lastly, 0558-345-267. So we meet again. The peace and the grace of the Lord be with you. Bye-bye.